I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. We're not testing anymore, we're recording. Recording, recording. <laughs> so Well, um, hello everybody. Happy Fourth of July since we didn't say that last week. Happy belated Fourth of July. Yep. It is the seventh, I believe, today. Tuesday, July seventh. We're not recording on our normal Monday, because Stephen was in Sandpoint, Idaho yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right? I was in Sandpoint. I was actually further north. I was almost in Canada what yesterday. Did you, what happened to your nose? I meant to ask you. Did you get sunburned? Just a little burnt, yeah. That's it, like it a blister. Bad. It wasn't bad until today. God, dude, you got like a blister yeah, almost Yeah, today it there. just started peeling. Did you put some like, aloe on it? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know it was burnt. Like, it wasn't bad. And then this morning it was peeling, so I did that and scratched it, and now I've got that little mark. Oof. That was so, I that is what it is. I remember as a kid, I got so burnt on my ears that the tops of my ears were blistering. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was bad. But I was at Disneyland. It was the happiest place on earth, so it was hard to go wrong. <laughs> Except you were in agony. <laughs> <laughs> Later that night. <laughs> just work through the pain. Just, you know, get through it as a kid. You're like, no, no, it's okay. We can go on another roller coaster. So it was only it was only the happiest place on earth during the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The place we stayed was called the Candy Cane Inn, like a hotel in Anaheim. Probably not the nicest place now that I look back at it. But they gave you pens that were the shape of a candy cane. So you like you had a candy cane pen. I really wanted to say something that's probably the most inappropriate thing I <laughs> could like, say. Did they charge by the hour, too, or something? Yeah. Well, it, candy cane inn sounds like where pedophiles would go, right? Wow. Well, come on. <laughs> pedophiles. Put the candy down and move away from the kids kind of thing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're off on a good start today, folks. (laughs) And sorry for the non-PC jokes. Obviously, that's horrific. But so today's topic, well, first of all, we didn't say welcome to Ordinary to Extraordinary. I'm Ben Clunt, and this is across the table from me, Stephen Brown, the Scottish guy. I like that when I just stay silent, you just introduce me. I like it. I'm just (laughs) going to do that more often. I'm just going to do that more. I'll just do the whole (laughs) podcast. So Stephen and I were going back and forth. Uh, with a few topic ideas like we typically do. We kind of go back and forth and say which topics we're thinking of, what we like, what we think we could talk about. And the one we settle on today is uh, the abbreviated version. is basically action over knowledge. So the idea that sometimes just taking action is more important than being terribly knowledgeable. And I'd say a lot of the time taking action is more important than being terribly knowledgeable. So since Stephen likes quotes so much... I am going to start it off with a quote. Okay. You want to see who it's from? I am. I'll say that afterwards, like like you do with quotes. Let's see if I can guess who it is. Okay. Action 
unless you already saw basically the top of my thing. I then you're Action is the foundational key to all success. Zig Ziglar. Pablo Picasso. Okay. So. Sounds like something Zig would say as well. It does actually sound like something Zig Ziglar would say. <laughs> and part of this, right, add this whole action over knowledge is people fall to that whole paralysis by analysis thing, right? And ignorance is bliss, right? So that's the mm-hmm. underarching premise of a lot of this, right? So let's get into it, Stephen. All right. And I'll say this, and I know that you'll have something to say to it, is action leads to results. The other is really nothing at the end of it, right? Knowledge doesn't give you any results. Action actually leads to results, be it positive or negative results. It leads yeah. to results. So, and I'll frame this, when I think it's like, Action gets you going. Knowledge is the rudder to your boat, basically, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't have an engine in your boat, you're not going anywhere. But knowledge needs to be the rudder that steers your boat in the direction that you want to go. So action is the engine. So we're going to talk today about the engine. Yeah. So it's interesting that you um, mentioned analysis or paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. Because one of my favorite stories from Heartland training that I've been through, it's, it's a course that we do multiple times. It's called uh, Pricing Mastery. So what we do is we basically learn, not Pricing Mastery, sorry, Enrollment Masters. And what we do is we learn methodologies, how to do things. It's basically an encouragement to cold call using the phone, which a lot of us don't like doing. So it's kind of a call out there. Uh, but one of the best stories is, one of the early trainings this guy Phil Myers did he, he showed up one person basically came in with one of those wheelable suitcases and he asked in the classroom he's like what's that and she said that's everything I need to know it's all of it basically she'd gone into all the training resources and printed every page of everything off read it multiple times studied and he's like you're not going to need that he's like we're going to basically teach you that Action makes you better. You, mm-hmm. All the knowledge in the world, knowing all that stuff, isn't going to generate more sales for you. It's not to say that a little bit of knowledge doesn't help. Totally. So the story he tells is there's two of them, one that brought nothing but a pen and a piece of paper to take notes on. Basically, he quotes a lot of Warren Gresh's, the best damn sales book ever. Yeah. I think I've talked about that a lot. Yep. And how an actionable plan... An actionable plan written down becomes a goal, right? Yep. And how all these steps, well, basically he talks about a year in, this person that brought a pen and a piece of paper and applied the action plan was super successful. And the person that basically had read everything inside out, back to front and upside down and technically knew more than the person that was just working and doing something wasn't successful. And once they adopted the action plan of the other person yeah. became successful. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, you can print, you can read book after book after book after book, but without the application before, during, and after the book, which is kind of what we do, I think, yeah. not just with a podcast, but constantly learning, constantly seeking out new knowledge, new ideas, different ways to approach things. But yeah, action is much more important than any level of knowledge. Well, we see this a lot in finance, right? A lot of people assume they need to know all the answers in finance prior to going out and just getting a client, right? Mm-hmm. It's like just being securities licensed, you already know like 100% more than most people, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't need to know everything to go out and take action, right? A little bit of a foundation, right? You, you got to sound intelligent is important 
in your respective field or in your relationships or anything really. I mean, it doesn't have to just be about work. I'll touch on relationships here in a little bit. But I will say during this time of COVID, it's been interesting, right? Because we've had all this action that we were taking and, you know, we had this knowledge base that we've gained and we're running in a particular direction. And now a lot of that's been thrown off. Mm -hmm. It's like some of the actions and things that we were doing prior to COVID no longer are working because people are stuck at home. They can't really go out and do anything too. So I was going to say, and this is my being honest, and I'm realizing I probably have gotten a little lazier during COVID because I didn't really know where to go. And I so I stopped taking action because I'm like, oh my gosh, what I was doing isn't yielding the same results anymore. So I just stopped. So it's like, but a couple weeks ago or a week ago, I was chatting with you and I started to get back in the role of it and started doing uh, – some LinkedIn connecting, reaching out to folks that have been on there, right? Like you and I were talking about on the phone. Mm-hmm. It started to get the ball rolling again, connecting with folks on there, setting meetings with my kind of pipeline of folks that I've had, and even just doing coffee walks, right? It's like, so just taking action, doing something to try and get a small win, right? Because I think in reality, it's like you might get a little discouraged, but even if you can just get a small win, that begets more action, right? It's like just small little incremental wins, but get more action. It stimulates you enough to go do it and do another win, another action. And it doesn't mean that you have to have these big, ostentatious goals, I think, that are just so over the top that you can, can't can hit them. It's mm-hmm. like just have a small goal and take a little bit of action towards that goal. And then once you hit that, you're going to feel better and it'll want, you'll want to take more action, right, to get to the next one. But. Yeah. Well, I often point to military tactics, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know why? the military tell you to make your bed the second you step out of it. Well, probably just for a mental set of a mental win every morning. You've already achieved something, yeah. yeah. And you won't find a military man that gets out of his bed and doesn't turn around, fold it down, make it right. Even when someone else is in the bed, they'll make their side of the bed hmm. perfect, right? So that's a tip I picked up. My bed's always made. But they also, and I think it's a military term, but you've heard the term win the day, right? I've heard it, but I got it. So if you take that mentality to win the day, and to your point, small incremental wins, if you have a monthly target or an annual target, and you try and take that huge bite early on, it's not going to work. So what you do is you break it down, right? And we've talked about goal setting before, but that winning each day. So if you win four days out of five, and you do that for a month, that's a lot of wins versus losses, right? You can't win every day, but if your goal is to win every day and you win more than you lose, yeah. you're going to be a success. You only got to win 51% of yeah. the time. But it's the it's it's two things, right? So there's a there's a level of pragmatism. A lot of people know what they want to do, but they never do take the time to learn a how to do it or explore how to do it if it's a business idea or case in point. Everybody on earth knows how to lose weight, be in good shape, and eat a healthy diet but it, then it takes the action over and above that. So, I mean, if we want to talk about action over knowledge, like I said, there isn't a human alive. With kids, obviously, we can we can give a pass on this, but anybody over the age of 12 years old has been taught, here's how you can be healthy, here's how you can move more, here's how you can be basically look after your body mm-hmm. so that it treats you better. Yeah. And how many people don't do it? Well, everybody knows what they're supposed to do in the health world. It's like, I got to eat better and exercise, right? So those eat are the less, two things. More. Those are the two things you need to do to mm-hmm. be healthier, right? In theory, you have the knowledge to do it, and it's not difficult. In theory, right? You have the knowledge to do it. Mm-hmm. It's like all you got to do. You know, you should go for a walk at least thirty minutes once a day to have better heart. 
Okay, great. Eat a little more fruit and a little more veggies and a little less Doritos and beer. That might have been a little personal. <laughs> you like Doritos and beer? Spicy nacho. A spicy nacho Doritos? Yeah, spicy nacho Doritos. I find them kind of sickly. And I love sickly? savory food. Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, just kind of, ugh. Or the Ruffles sour cream. Yeah, I, I, sour I do cream. love chips. I won't yeah. lie. Oh. If you put one bag, a huge bag of chips in front of me, It'll if you gone. don't take them away, yeah, I'll eat I'll them eat all. the whole, the yeah. same. And, and if there's beer there, I'll drink that too. Yeah. And then I'll be t- 10 pounds heavier after. So um, let's talk about something. I mean, you've got a lot written down. I made a couple of notes here. Mine are more stories to tell than anything else. Yeah, but as you know how my, my mine is like a story written down, mm-hmm. I, then I don't exaggerate much on them. But I actually wrote down some steps Ooh. as well too. Because, some of them I took from some of the week? articles. No, uh, actually no. But some of them I I took from articles that I had been reading online prior to this. But so, and it's a, a little bit of a blend, right? Because we're talking about action over knowledge, and I do think, right? In most cases, you need action over knowledge. But when you know the direction that you want to go, at some point you have that basic foundation of knowledge, like we were talking about, and then you decide that you need to take action. And so that's the first step is deciding what action to actually take. And mm-hmm. I was talking about small incremental wins, right? So what is the next – oh, Steve is dropping his iPad. What's the next small step that you need to take to get advanced towards that ultimate goal, right? So what is the next step? And then every – actually, it's determine what action to take on. So I guess that was the first one. And I just told you the second one was what, what's the next step? What actions do we take? And then prepare for each one a little bit before. So, like I talked about with that analogy, right? With a motor, we've got the motor running. Like we have all the knowledge that we need, and now we need to implement that knowledge and start steering the boat in the direction that we go. It's kind of like nautical planners, right? I think they plan, and even planes, they plan to get to the next airport, and they get there, and they have a new flight path, and they check in, and they go to the next one, right? And they've got their little goals in mind to get all the way across the country to get to the next co- to get to the east coast from the west coast or whatever it might be mm-hmm. and then being adaptable what i was saying too is one that i've i added a couple of these being adaptable is one that i added right because you think about it even if you're flying you're going to go into stormy weather things are going to happen it's not going to go according to the way you had maybe envisioned and i this is something i struggle with right being adaptable is like well no it's supposed to go this way <laughs> this is the way that I saw it and envisioned it, man. It's like, what the hell's going on? So being adaptable and changing courses when you need to. And I can't remember who it was. It was a Simon Sinek one. Of course it was. Why wouldn't it be Simon Sinek? God. Was uh, the idea of goals, right? Like we have these small micro goals and we have the plan behind them and we're trying to get somewhere. And I liked his quote and we've talked about it before. It's like, hey, they're your goals. You can just kick it out a little bit. So it's like you're allowed to change the goals. You're allowed to change the rules of the game mid-game because it's your game. It's nobody else's. You get to change it. Yeah. And then the last one, and then I'll shut up for a little bit, is in time, right, action leads to habits. So these actions, these things that are really hard and can be fearful or scary initially are going to become a lot easier. And I guess I'll end it with a story. I remember... One of the only times I've had like a minor panic attack, I'd say, was when Lauren and I were buying our first house. I've never had debt before that. <laughs> never in my life had I had debt before that. And we were buying a pretty, uh, I mean, a nice home for 23-year-olds at oh, that yeah, time. Oh, yeah, your first home was Yeah, we were, it was nice. It was an older home, but it was beautiful. Oh, yeah, pool. it was, it was the people called it the little estate on the hill, basically. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
And I remember having a panic attack sitting there. Like, oh, my God, we're going into that. <laughs> like, hyperventilating a bit. Lauren's like, we don't have to do it. Like, constant. Then the next day, we decided to do it anyways. And after that, like, I've not been scared of it before, right? Mm-hmm. And we can get into an entirely different thing. Debt utilized properly, I think, is a fine thing. You don't want credit card debt or any of that type of other type of debt. But for a home, for a business, fine. But I think you overcome these obstacles and these fears, and they're no longer that. They're no longer fears, right? They're mm-hmm. just something that you can do. Yeah. Speaking of panic attacks, you guys might hear Ben having a panic attack if he gets a text message because ah. Lauren, Lauren's about to pop a baby at any point, yeah. and we're kind of risking recording here. So, oh, is I, that it? No changes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if Ben screams, yells, you hear him hyperventilating, and then it's just me finishing out the podcast, it's because Lauren's going into labor. There so, you go. Just so you guys know. I don't think know. we're going into labor today, so you yeah. know, I think we're good. We may have, we probably should have prefaced that at the start. Yeah, we probably As opposed to half, have, halfway through My wife is due tomorrow, which would be the 8th. Today's the 7th, so. Yeah. So, um, it's funny you talk about that and the whole changing and adaptability. I think the thing about that is it ties back to what we talked about last week, right? Not just... Mm-hmm. Um, leading, right? How do you lead within a crisis? And usually when plans need to be adapted, it's because you're like, oh shit, this isn't going the way I thought. Or, oh shit, this is going too good and we might have to reel this in a little bit because we can't grow at this pelt or we can't develop it this way. Yeah, we need some controlled growth. So normally it's an oh shit moment. It's a crisis of some sort, growth or trouble, right? To where you're like, okay, we got to adjust. And I think, Mm -hmm. again, we talk about these things and we're able to tie them back completely randomly to things we've talked about before or things we're planning on talking about with leadership and mental health and and all of these little sub goals and and tangents that we we go off on with the podcast but i do agree that just uh the adaptability in your actions is so important and you talked about habit and habitually building things Mm -hmm. one of the things you've pointed out to me before is that you talk about it i think you call it um drive you're like i want your drive and I'm not really that driven. I'm just habitual. It's I know where I'm supposed to be and when I'm supposed to be there. It's not that I don't want to be great and don't want to do better. I just make sure the things that I know are going to be difficult to build hab- habitually, I do over and over and over again to the point that it's just muscle memory. So going to the gym, waking up early, you know, how I sell, how I learn, how I listen to books and podcasts, and all of that stuff can fall by the wayside real quick. And I'll give an example. I just realized today I haven't been in the Bible app on my phone in probably three weeks, maybe even longer. Not because I'm having any crisis or anything. I just let it fall out of the way I do things, my habits. Mm -hmm. So I probably need to get back on that path. It doesn't help that our men's group has kind of, it's not falling apart. We still talk and text and do all that stuff, but not being able to meet in person at a coffee shop and do things the way we've been doing it, it's just not the same stop zooming your on Zooms Zoom. Too? We still do Zoom every other week. Yeah. Uh, but we've got one who's bought an RV and is going all over the place. We've got Jake who just had a baby. We've got uh, one whose best friend and his wife are in Seattle just now dealing with pancreatic cancer and a bunch of other things and you actually know that couple and we can say their names off air so there's just a lot that's going on and pulling people away and if it was an in-person meeting I think people would make time and still be there I'm not seeing the guys at the gym you know me and Adam still talk a lot but it's just it's really this uh everything that's going on with COVID has broken those habits 
And what we have to do is take measured actions to get them back well, and actually be. And that's kind of to your thing, point, right? right? When it breaks your when it breaks your habits, mm-hmm. then it's then it's even more effort to try and go and create. It's like, oh god, I'm already tired because everything has fallen out of the way of habit right now. So it's even harder yeah. just to do the same thing because it takes so much extra energy to do it. So, but what I'll say. And I was texting with uh, Jordan Tampion this morning a little bit. It's like I think there's going to be opportunity for those that have that have continued to the best of their abilities to take action during this. Right? They didn't just rest on their laurels, and they they decided to go and continue to try and and, and continue to do what they've always done. Mm-hmm. Put out the same you know type media they've always done. Preach the same message that they've already preached. Right? And and they've stuck to it again as best as they can. Right? I realize it's like nobody is perfect. It's like, but you just do your best and keep doing it. And you know internally what your own best is, right? It's like, and at the end of the day, it's like my parents always told me, they're like, it's like, we don't care if you get an A or an F. It's like, you know what you're capable of. And if you did anything less than what you're capable of, then you did a disservice to yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know what you're capable of, people. Yeah. Well, look, it's um, it's not really a quote. It's just more of a mantra. So the Mamba mentality Kobe Bryant, he always used to say that, like, hey, as long as I walk off the court knowing I'd done everything I could, mm-hmm. right? Peyton Manning was the same. I've, I've seen Peyton Manning talk in person about this, where he says, look, I, I did the preparation on the front end so that when I was on the field, I had done everything I possibly could from an action standpoint leading up to the game. The effort during the game was never an issue, and then I would give everything I had, and if I walked off losing, which he did to Tom Brady multiple times in, in, in championship games, you're right? And obviously we know how Tom Brady did on the other yeah. side of it. Yeah. Um, and, and Manning still had success. Oh, yeah. But he only has two Super Bowls. Brady has seven, right? Whereas, you know, that's the thing. It's like he knew that he had always done everything he possibly could from an action standpoint leading up to, during... And then from a recovery standpoint to do the next week and start mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, I, I think I've mentioned this before, from a, a sales perspective, you're kind of a super anomaly because you don't have, you have competitiveness, but not from an athletic background. And it's really interesting that you're surrounded by other dudes who are in the sales world who only have that sales and competition background because of sports yeah but for you it's kind of more internally driven and, and i definitely admire that yeah i don't know where that came from yeah because <laughs> it wasn't sports to your point but yeah uh i had a train of thought and i, I lost it i didn't write it down you should start writing happens, stuff down ben i did write one down take some action and write stuff down i got some action for you <laughs> how about this action <laughs> that's me flipping off steven so but. what did you write down Something we kind of already talked a little bit about, but it's like action isn't always comfortable. Shouldn't wasn't, be. Wasn't it? And if I'm pivoting a little bit, it's like sometimes uh, action is very scary, right? And you might have heard me say this before. It's like a lot of the times the direction that I think I need to go is the one that is the most fearful. And that I'm, I'm like, no, that's the one that scares me, and that's the one that looks the hardest, so that's the direction that I should go. And I used to say, it's like, I don't know why I always choose the most difficult path to get something done. Even when there's an easier path and you can see the easier path, I choose the difficult path. And it's almost just like a self-inflicting thing, and I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I think it also has uh, benefited me 
mm-hmm. right? And taking the scarier path or the harder path a lot of the time because, for one, it's more rewarding. So you like, look at what you ever overcame to get there too. But it also just expands that stress muscle that I talked about in a couple prior podcasts. It's like your ability to take on things becomes that much greater when you've <laughs> been tested prior yeah. times. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I brought up in one of our COVID updates, I can't remember if it was with you or if it was when we were on with Patrick and Ben or Patrick and uh, Travis. Yeah. There's so, we've all had so much extra time, right? There was a there was a point where people either weren't working or were working from home and literally had the time and the capacity to grow, learn, take that pragmatic move to to, to teach themselves something or to research how to do something new, different. And I guess this is where a lot of people, to build on your being uncomfortable, a lot of people are in a comfort zone mm-hmm. where they know what they're doing, they know mm-hmm. how to do it, they know where they're going to be every day, what time they start work, what time they end work. And it's comfortable, but in the long run, it's not fulfilling. Yeah. And eventually, I think... You there's there's two outcomes from that scenario. One, you become resentful, bitter, and eventually depressed because you're doing something that you doesn't even fulfill begin you to fulfill yeah. you, or it doesn't remotely fu- put you in the direction of what you really want to do. Yeah. Or you have to take that step outside the comfort zone, right? And again, it's coming back to just action, plain action. Just fucking do it. You have to take the first step and in a direction to where it might be hey look yep. I'm going to drive Uber and quit my job and yeah I'm still going to make the same amount of money but I'm also going to be sitting in the car a lot so I can take books I can study I can pass a real estate exam I can you know get my securities exam and, and become a financial planner I can you know st- I can start doing some other courses online I can become Microsoft certified and whatever I want to do in order to do the thing that I want to do that will fulfill me that I do feel is going to be bigger and better for me in the long run there's a great book again I've mentioned it before John Acuff he was actually a Ramsey personality for a minute somehow they parted ways amicably uh, but it's a, just a book and all it is is start that's all the, the title of the book start Love just it. start and eventually essentially what it is is like hey as long as you're doing something towards what you want to do yeah then you know you're, you're taking that step forward as opposed to staying stagnant well and sometimes that step forward you, you uh kind of alluded to something that brought up a memory i just had earlier on that i didn't write down was the idea of forced action versus choice action how many times do you hear someone get for like fired out of a job right and tell you it was the best thing that happened to them because mm-hmm. it led them to go and get this new job yeah so a lot of the time people are too scared to go and take the action for themselves and then they're fired or then they their spouse leaves them or then they have some type of traumatic life event happen that is the catalyst which creates this new life basically for them that forces them to go and create this new life and take action because they have no other path anymore mm-hmm. and sometimes that's what it takes but that doesn't have to be what it takes always right that's that choice action side like you can go and you can quit your job too you can go and you can make a decision that you're going to be in a positive relationship now right be it romantically or with friends. So it's like you get to make these choices in the direction that you want to go, which is when we think about that, how one choice can like change dramatically the trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. You know, like I said, I looked at COVID at the start as being oh, this, and it's obviously a huge inconvenience for everybody, right? Um, 
But I do think it might be the pause that everyone needs or needed to take some stock of where they're at and where they want to be. And it might be that you're on path. It might be that you're moving in the right direction and you're like, okay. And even if if taking stock of where you're at puts you there, where you're comfortable and you're happy, that's great. But if there's any part of that that you're not happy with, whether it be on the personal level, on the professional level, or maybe the physical level, you should and need to take the steps now because the longer you go right, the worse it's going to get. The mm-hmm. the uh, For instance, if it's weight gain, you know, we keep coming back to the fitness thing. If yeah. it's weight gain, Coming an extra week here becomes an extra six weeks where you're overeating and putting on an extra three, four, mm. five, six, ten pounds. We right? talked about that with us. Um, yeah, I mean, we've both done the COVID-15, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, you, ju- you bumped it up to 15 now from 10 last week? Well, I think COVID-15 is, it's like the freshman 15. I know, call <laughs> I'm it, just right? joking. Um, <laughs> you said you put on 10 pounds. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Five no, more? No, I haven't put five Actually, maybe you have. No, I didn't. Okay. I know I haven't. Um, and I felt good in the gym this morning. But yeah, I think the most important thing with action is to um, create routine. So routine and productivity and efficiency is more important now than ever. That routine, that habit, and we keep coming back to this, mm-hmm. is going to create those positive actions moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, Mel Robbins, Five mm-hmm. Second Rule, yep. have you done that book? Uh, I don't know if I've read it, but I understand the concept. Yeah, she's got a TED Talk as well. And if you've not watched her TED Talk, her TED Talk's spectacular, but she basically tells a story to where she she's not a morning person. Mm-hmm. It's not a morning person. But the five-second rule is five, four, three, two, one, go. Yeah. And the reason she counts down and not up is because when you get to five, like you that. can go to six and seven and eight and nine yeah, and ten. Like and the reason that it's five, four, three, two, one and Zero, not three, two, one. negative one, yeah. negative two... You can count down and not do it, but if you put the go on the end, right? And again, the TED Talk essentially comes from her not being a morning person, and she wants to be a morning person. She wants to wake up, create action, do positive things. She's got kids, she's got a husband, and that was her thing. To become a morning person, the alarm would go off, and she created this routine to where she put the alarm in a different room. She would hear it. She couldn't lay there because she had to get up. So when she hear the alarm, it's five, four, three, two, one, go. She well, would get up, go to the other room, put it off, start her day. Not only that, but I'm pretty sure her reasoning behind the five-second rule was that in, you have the first five seconds to make an actual mm-hmm. decision, right? Yeah. And after that, your decision is made. Well, so she like, explains the, the science behind seconds. it. Yeah, she explains the science behind procrastination. Yeah. So between what she says there and then, again, coming back to another book I've read, Malcolm Gladwell, Blink, if you trust your gut reaction, if you you essentially in, in a split second, you know what you should do, why you should do it, whether you should trust somebody, how you should do someone. And if you trust that gut more often than not, it's a yeah. positive thing. Yeah. So for her, like she, she breaks it down to where you can use a five second rule for anything. Yeah. Yeah. You spot a hot girl across the bar or not you, but me. And it's like five, four, three, two, one, go and introduce yourself. If you don't do it in that first five seconds, Done don't so. do it at all. Yeah. Yeah. There's a similar, um, losing my train of thought. I should have written it down again. Yeah, we you, were talking about the five second rule. Five second rule. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Oh, so this is something. <laughs> wow, that worked. <laughs> <laughs> this is that's funny. So this is something that I've started implementing on my own when I have a negative thought. It's along the same lines of what the smell Robbins five second rule. I can't remember where I got it from, honestly. Having a negative thought. Uh, 
going in a direction you don't want to go necessarily to, but it's just audibly say stop. Like like you just put that wall there almost like an audible wall that stops you from like God I'm not doing what I'm not and they start circling down this spiral right it's like stop you like stop I just carry on stop <laughs> carry on but it does it can, then it resets and allows you to reset your mind right mm-hmm. and that's the same idea with the five second rules that it's like it it forces you to go it's a mind thing too which is some, some of those little mind tricks are incredibly helpful actually but that stop that audible stop allows you to take a new direction and take action in a positive direction mm-hmm. so when you start to feel like you're going down a negative way stop and then take action in a positive direction i'm almost reluctant to tell you this but because i think you would love to have me carted off to a mental home <laughs> um <laughs> But the amount I talk to myself is actually pretty disconcerting. And exactly what you're talking about. It's not even always just stop or go or just do it. I mean, I literally have conversations with myself to where I talk myself into doing things. You know, sometimes it's out loud. Can you give us an example? When I'm on my own, sometimes it's internally. You know, I've talked to you about the fact that I get anxious. Yeah. You know, that five-second rule helped me so much just with breaking the ice with people. I used to go to networking events Mm -hmm. and be frozen. Mm-hmm. with anxiety scared yeah. to talk to people i would wait till people talk to me and then you know i told you my tails i have the bracelets i have the 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 calluses on my hands i'll fidget and i was i mean i would stand and do that and then leave a lot of time if i went to a networking event on my own i wouldn't talk to anybody I'd yeah. leave. so i found that having people to go to those networking events with it was easier to meet people i didn't know i found that the five second rule takes away that paralysis so to speak that the fear the the anxiety um so yeah i think we can take our weaknesses and build routines and actions around our weaknesses to overcome our weaknesses and sometimes people aren't prepared to a embrace their weaknesses or b do anything about them it's just like i'm i'm too nervous to do that or i'm too shy to do that and how many times have you told people you're in sales and they're like i couldn't work in sales oh all the time i couldn't do what you do yeah. Like, you probably could. You just have to learn to mm-hmm. act differently. Yeah, and I tell people all the time, what do you mean you couldn't do sales? Can you talk? You do it every day. Yeah. Someone comes and asks you a question, you answer it, Just varying it, right? degrees of sale. And, yeah. yeah, selling's building relationships. Well, that, just, that was a weird way. Varying degrees of sale. And, oh, sorry, <laughs> I've got a little Southern twang going on there or something. Yeah, I don't mind it. Why, ding, does, ding, ding, why ding, does Patrick ding, keep trying to face call? I don't FaceTime know. FaceTime our entire group. I saw group. that. Yeah, I'm like, what, what? Join FaceTime call. Stop it, McNulty. McNulty, stop. Stop yeah. it, McNulty, McNutty. It's only but eleven o'clock. You can't be drunk. Well, that's well, not true. Well, I guess true. it should be, but he's true. probably not. He's he's working. He's definitely yeah, he's working. got to be. He's an attorney. He wants to bill. Uh, you kind of talked about it there with, I mean, the girl at the bar. Honestly, that mm-hmm. the, the, that example and something that I wanted to talk about is action in relationships. Even right. So we talk about action with regard to our jobs and being getting that in a positive direction. And when Lauren and I went through premarital training, counseling, whatever you want to call it, through the church. Initially, people, oh my God, Ben's that religious? It's like, oh yeah, I went through premarital counseling. One of the things, though, they talk about, and I think everybody should go through this type of, of, of training, honestly, prior to marriage, is what direction does the toilet paper go on, right? And this was what I remember, and it's the funniest, dumbest thing, right? I'm like, oh, well, it goes, you know, like behind, and you pull it from behind, right? And then Lauren's like, no, it goes over. I'm like, what are you talking about? It goes over. No, you folds from the backside and pull it around. 
And so Steve is looking at me goofy. You right actually now. put it behind? Yeah, I'd put it behind and pull it down. And pull I it think that's down. an early indicator of being a psychopath, like straight well, up lunatic. Tell me something I don't know. But okay. <laughs> and you're in a small green room with me right now, so and I have a sharp object in my hand. <laughs> so keep talking. It's like Bates Motel here. Jugular, right, with the pen. <laughs> but so I remember this thing. It's like Lauren and I are both like, wow. Well, which way does the toilet paper go in our house now? When I put it on, are you, we even like even still, she had to like. I was like, okay, Lauren likes the toilet paper to hang over the front side, not from behind. So I got to think about which way I'm putting on the toilet paper when I do it, right? So she won, right? She won, of course. Good. good. Yeah. But they even thought about it with. Um, they even presented the idea of the ice trays, right? And I'm dating myself a little bit, right? When before we all had refrigerators with ice makers in them, with the ice trays, like if people only leave a couple of ice cubes in there, and it was the idea of like, hey, how much do you love? this individual, your spouse, your partner, whatever. Like, how much do you love them? Do you love them enough to put the toilet paper on the right way? Do you love them enough to fill up the I ice Like, these small actions, right, that sh- indicate love and appreciation in a, in a relationship. But I, and I'll I'm just say, glad you're no longer a psychopath. Oh, I'm just masking it now. Finish your thought. That was my thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think this applies to friendships and I've I've had a couple conversations lately and I won't talk about who necessarily but just feeling lack of community lack of friendship with people I'm like well what are you doing to change it I'm Mm -hmm. like are you inviting folks over for a beer in your backyard like are you are are you saying hey can I come over and bring over takeout and we can hang out in your backyard like what are you doing to to make changes to create that community friend group right I mean if you just sit at home on your couch and you're waiting for somebody to call you up you know that very rarely happens like Mm -hmm. you've got to Action begets action, right? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of other interesting non-action items that can can ruin relationships, right? The first one being that when you yeah, know you're in a, yeah. when you when you're in a bad situation and you know it, but it's familiar and comfortable, and you stay in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be anything from the most horrific, like whether it be domestic violence or emotional abuse, to just this isn't working for me. There's something not right here. This isn't my person. Um, You might be married. You might be in a relationship just living together, not living together. But taking the action to either rectify it or move on from it, either one is is going to put you in a much better place mentally. right? So that's the first kind of inaction, when something's bad. The other kind of inaction is when you let something fester and don't discuss it, don't communicate. So kind of coming back to the toilet paper thing, can I... I'm going to tell you about the best prank I've ever heard okay. and, and how this developed. I think I might have told you this over know, the phone. We'll this is really funny for me. It might be disgusting to other people, but I almost died laughing when my friends told me this. Oh, gosh, so I have go. a group that I've been friends with for a long time. Lots of them are married and stuff, and they're back home in Scotland. Two of them live in the same street, like two houses apart from each other. Oh, wow. So these are two of my male friends, right? They are always in each other's houses, like front doors never locked. The wives get along. Well, one was married, one one is they're both married now. But one of them got a girlfriend, the other one was married. Well, the one that got the girlfriend after about six months, the girlfriend moved in. Right? Okay. He oh, decided shit. he was gonna prank them. Oh shit, literally. Oh. So the married one decides that he was gonna take his morning shit, morning constitutional, in his friend's downstairs bathroom every day. He did it for nine months, I swear to God. He walked down two houses and went Two houses, took a shit, did not flush it. He would leave it there. So they're both going to work. They're not there anymore. 
they would come home from work. They would come home at different ah. times, right? So both of them think the other took a dump and did He never told any of us in the group chat or anything, right? <laughs> Every day one of them came home, and sometimes it was her and sometimes it was him, and there was a shit sitting there waiting for them. A big turd. None of them said anything for nine months. <laughs> Right, it's best prank of all time, I think. Oh I hope I'm gosh. giving some people ideas here because I know that there's a lot of family neighborhoods like this. That is awesome. This gets better. Oh no! So then they're at a group party again. I'm not because I'm here, right? But all of my friends are at this party, and they just they decide that this is the day they're going to have an argument. And what comes up? The poop. The shit. Well, you never flush the toilet. You take a shit every day, and you don't ah. in front of everybody. So my friend at this no, point, that's you. He's about to lose it. They're arguing over who it is. My friend's on the floor laughing, crying, just hyperventilating. And he's like, <laughs> you guys still haven't talked about this. I thought you figured out it was me and just decided not to say anything. But I just had to keep going with it. Nine freaking months he was. But to your point, communicate, right? Yeah. Just take the action to not let something fester, yeah. right? Yeah. They, it, this was beyond, does the toilet paper go over or under? This is every day coming home and thinking, and they're married now and they're happy. Nine oh, are they? But <laughs> for nine months, you both resented each other thinking, that <laughs> bastard is not flushing the toilet. And you never said a and word. Nobody said anything. You could have said something after the first time, like, and then I didn't Did do you that. Did dookie in the toilet this morning? Yeah. <laughs> Flush it, what the heck? But seriously, is that not the best prank you've ever heard? That's an awesome prank. So I brought an amazing prank and gave a friggin' moral to it. Like, and if they'd have talked moral. about that, they wouldn't have been... Do they, they listen to this podcast? Uh, yeah, actually. So I'm not going to name them. <laughs> 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 but they're getting... They, they get the credit for it. They're probably going to be rolling on the floor listening. I just... I wish... Uh, this is why they're my friends, because they have that sick sense of humour. Sick sense That's of the kind of prank that I do. It's evil. It's emotional torture. It's funny. And well, it's even better if the guy didn't wipe and just left it in there and went and wiped it. Oh, he was wiping, but he just literally every day they came home in the downstairs bathroom, there was a big turd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just dirty. But they could have fixed it with a little communication. They could have taken action, not let it fester, mm -hmm. and not embarrass themselves in front of their friends arguing about who's leaving a shit in the toilet <laughs> and not flushing it. Well, luckily it was neither of them. <laughs> I mean... Well, and luckily it didn't lead to something else that was worse. I'm like, yeah. well, I know that you've been blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no. So obviously they appreciate the prank now. Like, that's, I think yeah, it's well, the best I've great. ever heard. I wish he'd documented it as well. Like, I wish he'd taken pictures and all that oh, stuff every God, day. You're a weird man. <laughs> you're a sick man. And I hope I've, of it. like I said, I hope I've given you guys some ideas how to prank your friends. It doesn't need to be a poop, but. If you have access to someone's just house, take action. Do something just take every day for nine months and see if they argue with each other. <laughs> oh man! So, well, on that note, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I could share stories with my friends and people from Scotland that would blow minds. And I should, I should tell more stories. Some of the, some of the funnies we have. Scottish people are pretty interesting in that. We can find humour in the darkest, deepest, darkest situations. That's how we get through so much. The English have been shitting on us for hundreds of years, so <laughs> we kind of have to find humour in, in dark situations. Or at least for nine months in your toilet. <laughs> no, they're both Scottish. But Have you got anything else you'd like to talk about in uh, terms of action? And, and No, I just, you know, and don't ever think the ad. Just the action doesn't, I would say, doesn't even need to be related to what your goal wants to be. So I, if I will just end it with this. Sometimes if I'm feeling down 
or unsuccessful at work or something like that, I'll go and I'll mow the lawn, right? And just go and accomplish some chore. Just do something, right? Go accomplish something because once you get the momentum going, it's easier to take action, right? So it doesn't matter the direction or the action that you take. As long as you get positive forward momentum going, that can be translated into mm-hmm. any direction. And that's what I would end with. I like that. So I would just end by, can I end with a, a Bruce Lee quote? Yeah. Um, actually, two quotes from Bruce Lee. So I just listened to one of our former guests' podcasts. So Dan Cummins does a Time Suck podcast. Time Today's, suck. or sorry, yesterday, because it's Tuesday, was a Bruce Lee. So basically learning all about Bruce Lee mm-hmm. and his son, Brandon. But there's two quotes that really stick out for me, right? And since we're talking about action, I think they're, they're pertinent. He said, ever since I was a child, I've had this instinctive urge for expansion and growth. To me, the function and duty of a quality human being is a sincere and honest development of one's potential, right? Constantly moving. So if you ever look up his other stuff about be water, have you you heard any of that? Mm -mm. So water, I'll find it here in a minute, but the second quote, I'll come back to that then. Um, He said, I fear not the man who's practiced 10,000 kicks once. I fear the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times, right? But it's always, there's just this, pragmatism this thought that um he always is trying to be better and while i'm talking i'm going to look up bruce lee be water so the 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 thought behind the be water so here it goes (laughs) you you must be shapeless formless like water when you pour water in a cup it becomes the cup when you pour water in a bottle it becomes the bottle when you pour water in a teapot, it becomes a teapot. Water can drip and it can crash. Become like water, my friend. Become like water, my Right, friend. so essentially what he's saying yeah, is crap. the whole be water thing is just adapt to your surroundings and be what you want to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I like I'm on a whole Bruce Lee kick just now because I, I really didn't know much about him other than watching some of his movies when I was young. And now I understand why he's so iconic and has posters. And growing up, there was posters everywhere and why mm-hmm. there's so many great quotes. Like, that was a guy that was dedicated to his craft. And to kind of back up some of the stuff we said to stick with the Bruce Lee theme, he uh, had no ba- no black belt. He's considered, oh, yeah. he's considered one of the best martial artists of all time and was on record as saying, I don't need to get a belt or a certificate or a diploma I just practice my craft every day and I'll fight anybody anywhere. And he was in street fights and he took people on all the time. People that were supposed to be like the best senseis in the country would come and challenge him for teaching Westerners because he didn't want Kung Fu taught to white people. <laughs> and um, no, seriously. And they would fight him and he would beat the crap out of him and then be like, and you're supposed to, be, you're a black belt. You're like this seventh Dan black belt. You know supposed what's to be the best. crazy? Is, so he taught himself and there wasn't even YouTube back then. Um, he didn't even have the internet to get on YouTube to teach himself. No, but he, he had to wha- read books. Some of it was reading books. A lot of it was the people he was surrounding himself with. I mean, he put himself in situations to be challenged. He had his own uh, martial arts schools that he would teach at. Um, stop breaking your microphone, Ben. Leave it alone. But yeah, he. I, I encourage you to go listen to it. It's a really interesting and lots to be taken away and applied to professional life and personal life, I think. I like it, but so. Well, next time you guys hear from me, I might have a child here. Well, you should have a child. Take, well, it depends how long it takes. Long, gonna get yeah. used or whatever. All and that stuff goes. 
if Ben can't make it to record, I guess I'll figure it out and bring a guest. Might just be in. a Zoom one, a Zoom thing. Maybe I'll zoom in from the yeah. house. And I have a, a fun little thing going on this week where I'm helping someone else start a podcast. Might put it under our branding or under our label and yeah, different concepts. So stay tuned for that. I'll be putting some of that stuff out here soon. I've talked to Ben about it. He knows. I do know. But in the meantime, if you get value from this, share it to somebody. If you don't and you think it's trash, stop listening to us. That's okay. Stop, stop listening to us. Um, we don't need you. It's really funny. Take we, action. We have this cycle where we have three months of record numbers and then we drop off. Yeah, I don't get it. And now we're back on, we're, we're on that fifth numbers. month and now we're shooting up like the last week. Yeah, I noticed that. It's like you all take a month off and then catch up. Well, you, you, you go hard for three months. Yeah. Then it drops by like a, probably 30% or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it drops by like 30%. And then it just skyrockets But we're already almost to the number that we had last month and it's only the first Probably week. No, we're not. No, Seriously, it's not far off it. It's been, the last week has been like, whoa, everybody's catching up. Well, and keep it up. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, rate, review, share, social media. Social media presence is growing a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we sure do appreciate you guys listening. Yes, we do. Thank you, guys. And until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.